Okay, mm. there are like two songs that you do not mess with in Singapore. <laughs> One is... Majulas? Oh, oh no. truly. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't even know how to sing this song. I just remember Home Truly. Yes. Right, right, right. Okay, you do not mess with this song. The second song you don't mess with in Singapore is Count on Me, Singapore. <laughs> Count on me, Singapore. Yeah. Count. On, actually, it's quite corny, eh? But everybody loves that song. Why? Yes. Uh? It's a classic, uh. Yes, classic. But does the younger generation even know it? Yeah, I think they do. They do. Or at least we do. Okay. So, hi everyone. Hi. Welcome to Uncommon Humanity. This is Charmaine here. This carries. And today we're going down random rabbit holes. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, we go again. <laughs> we did one. Oh, because oh. we just did the ask yes. us anything recording last week. Okay, okay. No, no, no. By the time this drops, it'll be like four weeks later. Oh, or something. <laughs> so we get we 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 want to do a like just random recording today. Yes. So that we don't have to be so stressed because we're kicking an episode we don't want to do down the road. <laughs> <laughs> so we polled you guys on Instagram and our number one fan replied us. Yes. And so we're going to two of his suggestions today. Yo, Ooh. Clement. Lo. Hey, by out. the way, I have an idea for merch. Eh. Oh. But I go keep it secret. Mm. So I have an idea for merch. But Clement Lowe, if you're listening in, we will <laughs> give you one about merch when the merch wow. comes out. <laughs> Because you are the best at like, wow. like commenting, following Instagram, everything. Catching up on all the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so Clement suggested today we talk about two things. One is the Count on Me India incident. Oh yeah, they just... That just happened today, right? Yes, today. Where somebody plagiarized the Singapore song Count, Count on Me yeah. Singapore. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Yes. And then another one he suggested is Birth, Birth Order. Order. And then we're going to talk about nothing which is... Uh, that's been a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Or well, a few weeks ago, hot topic in Singapore. Yeah. And then hot topic in our team. And that's yes. about girls dressing. Oh. Turn, turn, turn. <laughs> yeah, la, but anyway, la, okay, so the Count of Me India situation, what happened, Karis? Oh, it was very really funny because it's like uh this guy mm-hmm. claimed that he wrote the song and uh he owned the song, the copyright to the song. And then uh they basically I think plagiarized ninety-nine percent of the song. Basically <laughs> they just copied the song, they just changed Singapore to India, India or Mother India. And then some little grammatical errors in transcription, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't even like he rewrote the yeah, song, yeah, he yeah. just transcribed wrongly. Yes. It looked like it transcribed wrongly. Yes. Yeah. But okay. I love our MCCY's reply. Oh. Um they said that uh, we thank Singaporeans for coming forward to express your sense of pride in our national song. <laughs> and then, uh, sometimes imitation is the best form of flattery. <laughs> but that wasn't their reply initially. Because uh, 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 yes, the yes. online citizens said <laughs> at first it was very serious that like we are investigating the situation. Uh, oh, yes, and after yes. it got updated to... Yeah. Actually, so we were speculating what, what exactly went wrong. <laughs> no, I bet you it's because they went to investigate... Uh, and I think they know that the overseas law will be a problem. And then number two, the guy probably got no money. The guy who plagiarized. Oh no. <laughs> so like Sue also no use. Right? <laughs> so it's best not to. Then someone Singapore, we've been accused multiple times lately of being very petty, right? Ah. Uh, so maybe it's a public image thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, no, but seriously, la, this guy, he very poor thing. Of all the songs you gotta pick to plagiarize, <laughs> you could pick Count on Me Singapore. It's like sacrilege. <laughs> No, really, ah, what an uproar online yes. is quite funny. He said eh. he only know about this like song in Singapore like a few days ago. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> so funny. And then the way he dated also, you read his reply, right? So mm. fishy. Like he dated it to the to the period of time where the actual composer wrote it so that he could like 
come yeah. off as like he 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 wrote it like maybe one month earlier or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, but I guess it is funny la. Yes. It's funny to get plagiarized in that way. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I find it really quite funny. Yeah. Then a PR firm also in India never checked. Oh, yeah. They said he claimed to yeah, have the claimed. copyright and then they just assumed that it's mm. correct. But then they took down all the all the stuff they put out of mm. that song. Yeah, but online it's still circulating. La. Yeah. Yeah, so really funny. Yes. Winnie, <laughs> Raymond, how you all feel about this? Plagiarism of our national, not even national anthem, national, national song. song. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I also think that um like you get inspiration by copying, but plagiarizing exact tune and everything, <laughs> I think that is uh, <laughs> It's quite crazy, eh? yeah. It's like it was, so blatant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, uh, so I have a question for you guys, right? Actually, what exactly constitutes plagiarism? Like, this is, of course, a blatant situation, right? Yeah, word for word. And then yeah, in everything. uni, were you made to, you know, do the... Yeah, the citation. Yeah, the citation and yes. turn it in to check how how much you yeah. cite. Yes, you yeah. have to, like, quote it and then um, you have to cite it. Yeah, but nobody really gives us the exact criteria of what it is, right? It's just that if we quote, it must be in quotation marks and we must put citation. Mm-hmm. And then we rephrase also, we must, we must, like, put the footnotes that we... That the idea is taken from somebody. Yeah. Yeah, but how they actually calculate the the percentage that you plagiarize is like not clear. Hmm. I'm sure they have a formula lah, but they don't exactly teach us in university. Yeah. I think they put through this like um I think system or something to check it mm. to see if your work is copied from somewhere or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know though. Like is is do you can you plagiarize ideas? I you know ideas. Well, okay, so that came up this week, right? So mm. we had this incident from one of my friends, right? This happened to them uh, very recently where somebody plagiarized their work, mm. like blatantly to the point where the guy delivered the, the work, work um, presented the work, and everybody knew that it was plagiarized from her. Because mm. it's something that she talks about regularly and whatever. Mm. So it was very, very blatant. So now she's in this position of what should I do? Mm. Like the question mark is like, did he deliberately do it knowingly? Or did he not? Mm. Yeah, but apparently this happens quite often, right? Because I talked to a couple of people mm. and they were like, especially girls, they feel that it happens very often Particularly with ideas, but even with uh, presentations, it happens at work. Where guys take credit for. Yeah, la, which comes in the category of, I guess, mansplaining. <laughs> or maybe you should call it man coping. Man coping! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, yeah, so we had this whole conversation, right? Um, yes. in, in our leadership team mm. over the weekend. Like, what? Like, we, like, basically, we were just saying, like, you need to give credit where credit is due. La. Yes. Yeah, but it tends to happen. Lo. More often? With? I don't know. It seems <laughs> like it. Well, it's a common complaint with girls at work. Hmm. Yeah. Raymond, what's your take? The poor guy. He's the only guy. It's like, every time we need a comment from a guy, it's like, Raymond, what do you think? Later dressing also, Raymond, what do you think? <laughs> give us your input. <laughs> Do you think guys knowingly do it or it doesn't occur to them that they're doing it? 
Um, I think maybe not. Uh, uh, maybe they. I I mean there will be always some guys who are not aware. There are mm. some guys who are aware but want to claim the credit because of their of their motive or goals that they want to mm. achieve. So they're a little bit more shaky, lah. Yeah, hmm. but I mean there's mixtures of people. It's but do you think general, there's yeah. a tendency for guys to do it more? See, I. Not really sure. Yeah. But because hmm. uh, I'm surrounded by mixtures <laughs> of like, um, I didn't see it occur many, or maybe because me myself also a man, right? I'm not very aware. <laughs> oh, good answer, good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, no. But we need you're working in a predominantly women team. office, right? Women team, Literally, right? Literally, 100%. 100%. Right now, the only so. guy left. So do <laughs> women do it to other women? I in my team not really, but I think that happens to be. Hmm. Depends on what their motives are. Motives. Oh yeah. my gosh, people are so shaky. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it the nature of like I don't know the work, you know, maybe a project. Like actually, I would really like to read some clear statistics and studies on men's planning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but anyway right we found this quite funny thing online because we decided like because we were talking about mansplaining halfway then I went actually what's the definition of mansplaining okay so <laughs> so I read to you all of you uh, so Google right the Google definition is the explanation of something by a man typically to a woman in a manner regarded as condescending or patronizing mm. but there was another definition that I, I found funnier it says a man compelled to explain or give an opinion about everything, especially to a woman. He speaks often condescendingly, even if he doesn't know what he's talking about, or even if it's none of his business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it, isn't that like capo? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I find like, actually it's quite funny. So when I was growing up in church, one of the crazy things people used to always say, always say in sermon, every year I hear it at least once, a guy mm. will get out of the pulpit and then he will say, um... And then he'll make it, he'll tie it to the Holy Spirit. It's quite funny. He'll say like, like women speak don't know how many words um, a day and men speak like, and then the number is like one third of women. Uh, but the funny thing is, so we all, all believe, oh yeah, 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 women like to talk a lot, women like to talk a lot. Mm. And then recently, because all the business studies are coming out, right? Yeah. And then it's showing that actually men talk a lot more than women. It's so oh. bizarre. So I don't know where that number came from, you mm. know. Because yeah. every study I read so far, it bears out that men actually do more talking than women. But maybe because it's a workplace study. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Not a relational conversation study. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So we found this other funny thing which we will <laughs> post on the... Yes, it's so funny. Oh my god, we will post on the Instagram, right guys? So we found this, this work-life, BBC work-life, right, article... And basically what happened is, I think it's an editor or writer at, at uh, BBC, right, was asked by her colleagues to help some, <laughs> some of them tell if they were being helpful or being condescending and, and what exactly constitutes mansplaining. Uh. So she yes. created this simple chart, right, which went viral, <laughs> which again, we'll put on Instagram because yes. it's too funny. I don't know how to explain it. So it starts, right, the flowchart starts <laughs> with, am I mansplaining? And then the first question is, did she ask you to explain it? And then if it goes, if 
if the girl if the answer is yes, mm. then you are not mansplaining. Mm. If the answer is no, then there's more questions. Yeah. Do you have more relevant experience? And if the answer is she has more, then yes, you are definitely mansplaining. <laughs> if she has more and is a well-known expert, just stop talking now. <laughs> It's really, really quite funny and quite helpful. Yes. Yeah, what else is there? Uh, yes, by a fair amount. And then it has, uh, yeah, just, it has a whole other list of questions. Lah. The, did she ask for explanation? If she didn't, stop talking. Yeah. If she asked for explanation, then maybe your man's made mini or not. Like, it's quite yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't get it why it's a thing. <laughs> I just don't understand how it became a thing. Like, is it cultural or is it in the brain? I don't know though. Because we have guys who ask these questions also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, correct, correct. am I man How do I know if I'm man They're asking the girl, so. <laughs> you can send them that flowchart. Yes, yes. This will be helpful, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't know lah. Um, but yeah, I think the, the key principle is I just think everybody should live with a value system of give credit where credit is due. Mm. That's like, to me, the bottom line lah. And I think it applies to whatever. So I was telling the preachers in church recently, like yeah. just always give credit where credit is due. Mm. Someone helped you with the sermon. If someone helped you with the punchline, mm. then acknowledge them or thank them or ask their permission before you use it. Mm. You know, just really simple things to keep relationship like nice and considerate. Yeah. Yeah. And also with quotations. Yeah. Yeah. But you know the quotation thing, I've noticed that it happens also with girls, girl preachers. Mm. We tend to cite more men mm. and we tend to recite the accolades of men more than we do women. But it's a like a not conscious kind of thing, right? It's or both. Yeah, I suspect maybe it's a not conscious thing. Mm. Half like Okay, because Fuller Seminary, right, there was a thing many years ago, I think just before I started studying as a student there, or when I first started, they started transiting, which was, there was a complaint made where, and I think some of the professors joined the petition where they said that that all the book lists were all white theologians, white men. Mm. And so some of the professors started changing up their book lists deliberately. Yeah. And then eventually they sort of passed, uh, I think, a policy, if I'm not wrong, where a certain percentage of the book list and reading list had to be uh, female mm. or minority. Mm. Yeah, and it started to really shift the theology in, in seminary mm. to be more diverse and more points of view. And... Uh, and minority students started to speak up more in class because they could relate more to the theologians' uh, work that was coming out. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. So I really think whatever the case is, we have to kind mm. of be very deliberate and intentional about like shifting things. PC meaning to say we need to be very aware that, for example, if we're presenting something like, I don't know, pre- uh, coming up with a message for mm. um, if we are delivering a message to be aware of other points of view um, just be conscious and, and be Other aware. Other points of view, meaning that mm. we must bring in diversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I, I was saying like how, I don't know, the subconsciously, like maybe even when we are Googling online or reading articles, mm. right? Uh, there are more articles that are, say, from guys and all yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> no, that is a very real mm. problem because... Because it is a thing where sometimes you Google, right? And you're preparing a sermon, mm-hmm. right? If 
if 99% of the resources that come out are men, mm. then very hard. What? And yeah. I was just telling you during yes. prep just now, right? I think one of the problems is like, for example, psychology. This, yep. It's been very hip and happening right now. And mm. there are a lot of female psychologists work that are mm. coming out. That's really cool. But you just go back, rewind, right? 10, 15 years, right? Like, these female psychologists already existed, but men are more prominent and mm. given more platforms, given more yeah, books, true. given more publicity. And so it, it there's a very disproportionate playing field as yeah. it is. Huh? Yeah. So, Which makes it difficult to Yeah, but that's where I feel you must deliberately go and mm, highlight. So yes. one of the things we asked our guys to do this weekend when we were talking about this mm, issue was yeah. like we asked them, hey guys, would you deliberately when you preach sermons mm. use some female perspectives? Mm. you know quote female leaders um, bring in female ideas mm. because I think it also makes a difference to the men in the room when they see that other men on the platform are citing women's work yeah. and standing up for women's issues you see as compared to a girl doing it la. it's just different right yeah because when it's a girl they just like especially in Asian context like the guys are just like oh it's a girl talking about girls like <laughs> <laughs> which is really irritating because I don't find myself particularly like uh, like effeminate in my choices Mm-hmm. Or in my reading or in my perspective. Mm. But I just feel like that's a that's an imposed box and lens mm. on how you look at me just because I'm female. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but let's complicate this a little bit, right? Mm. Like how much do we cite and quote? Right? Yeah. Because like sometimes it's easy, like when we do this podcast, we read a book and we have an idea mm. and it comes from somewhere we say. Yes. But then other times we're just reading from all over randomly and then we don't even remember where we yeah. yeah. No, I think maybe we don't want to misquote la and yes. miscite. But we absorb ideas in a way sometimes that is not studied. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had another thing happen to me when I was in school in seminary. Mm. So I would write papers and one day I had a consultation with a professor and he commented something about my work and he said it's really good and it's got really well. Mm. But he said, I've noticed through your writing I can tell because he's an experienced PhD like um what did you call it? PhD mentor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he went, you, when it's your own idea, you should just own your own idea. He said that to me. Mm. <laughs> and, and I was like, what do you mean? So I can tell that some things in your paper are your idea. But you felt the need to go and find another author who wrote about that to justify your idea uh. as valid. And he said, you don't need to do it. He said, you're citing too much. Oh. And you're crediting too much when it's actually your idea. And I was quite stunned because I was like, that's the first time someone said that to me. And I was mm. quite like, whoa. And then I started to notice it's true. I don't um, own my own ideas well. Mm. Yeah, so I, I have this guilty conscience problem, right? Mm. Which is sometimes I have an idea about a podcast mm. and we're going to record the podcast in three, four weeks' time or the sermon I'm going to preach in three, four weeks' time. And then suddenly I meet a mentor and they mention something similar. Um, and then after that, I go into the sermon and I go, whose idea was this? Like, my <laughs> that person's idea. Like, who am I supposed to credit for this? <laughs> yeah, then it becomes a, like, uh, moral dilemma mm. for me. And then I have to go, okay, but did I genuinely come out of that? I did. Mm. I don't need to say that person said it. I tend to say that person said it rather than say I said it. Mm. Yeah. But again, question. Do you think this happens more with girls? Winnie is nodding. Probably. Like the second guessing, right? Yeah, I think... Is it really my idea? <laughs> I think very often we, we kind of need sounding boards or like we... 
we need validation sometimes uh. to to one factually check whether it's correct or not. That's like okay. But we I think we are very used to like having needing second opinions to valid like validate the validate our thoughts yeah. somewhat like that. I feel that way, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever catch yourself, for example, for me I've caught myself and Pastor Estella has caught me doing it. Where a certain idea actually originated with me, but I say it originated with her. Hmm. Because like maybe we're in a conversation, right? Mm. So I say A and then she comments B mm. and I comment C. And then I just go, actually Estella said it. <laughs> and she's like, no, I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> she's like, why don't you own your own idea? I just did her voice. <laughs> yeah, do you ever find yourself doing that sometimes? I think I think so. Because yeah. I don't know, like maybe in poly or in school, I used to like have having to cite everything. Like to, yeah. to find like proof for everything. So I it became it became a habit for me where like I need to have backing research and stuff. That's important, but I, I think it become if it becomes hundred. So is this a personality problem? Because you and I are the same person. Maybe we see. Oh my god. Do you do that? Um I don't know though. <laughs> I I'm I'm as in like, as you are talking, I'm trying to ask myself, do I own the ideas? Because I don't feel finding uh validation or examples to back up mm. what you believe is an important thing. Like yeah. you don't just wanna uh, just have have assumptions, right? You wanna mm. have evidence. So yeah. what but I think the two of us are excessive. Um, yeah. The detail excessive. I think that's the um, reason why yeah. possibly. Then it bleeds over to like, um, okay, so this is yeah. all like, mm. all not my ideas. <laughs> yeah, no, it does because I keep attributing it to somebody else or I give um, it to somebody else or I don't expect them to credit me for helping them mm. come up with the idea. Mm-hmm. So it's been very recent that I decided to say, no, 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 guys, you give mm. credit where credit is due. Mm. So either you thank me before the sermon like, mm. like you thank me like or thank me in person when I'm helping mm-hmm. to train you. So yeah. Edwin said thank you, of course. Oh, yeah. No, I don't mean like sight to the point where your sermon has no flow already. Yeah. Then you're just like, uh, this idea is <laughs> You cannot preach like that one. Yes. Yeah, but I, I do believe like if you got a lot of help, you should acknowledge people that help you yes. figure it out. Mm. Yeah, but I find that, I, I find like tendency is sometimes guys tend to, to credit less and just take it as their own. Mm-hmm. Versus, I feel sometimes girls credit people too much. Mm, overboard mm, mm, like yeah. cause sometimes the girls also I pass you help me do that I like no 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 you are you are over attributing like how much I help mm. you I help you this much so say thank you yes but all the other stuff was you mm. yeah hmm. next topic yes okay <laughs> director says next topic <laughs> poor Raymond Raymond's gonna be on the spot the whole day <laughs> Ray are you okay uh, uh, Okay. okay. <laughs> um, section. So next topic, right? We're gonna talk about dressing. Yes. And so we need to issue a trigger warning right mm. now, right? Just in case, because we might venture into sexual harassment, sexual mm. assault territory. So if you're listening in, right? Uh, right now, maybe yeah. don't listen anymore. I don't mm. think it'd be very bad, lah, But just, just maybe like, like skip over. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And maybe we'll provide the timing, where the third topic comes in. Yes. Then you can come in. Yeah, okay. Because really, there's been a lot of news on mm. on sexual harassment and assault in the papers. Huh? 
Mm. Actually, uh, here's a secondary thought about trigger warnings. I actually think newspapers should start issuing some trigger warnings. Eh. Um. I find it getting quite bad, you know. Like, I feel like my Facebook feed is perpetually like sexual assault case now. Today, online, ST. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm like really wondering how people like survivors of sexual assault are feeling on their Facebook feed. Yeah. 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 Is there a way to do it properly? Like I feel like they should do something like, you know, like if if the topic is sexual assault, like they should blur it Mm. and have like a trigger warning and say only click in if you want to. Mm. I feel that they should do something because once it goes too late already, yeah. I think they can maybe can implement it online. Yeah. Like yeah. on their websites. Like to have like a sensitive content and then you can click in. Click you in order yeah. to review, mm. right? Actually, it's possible, right? I feel like yeah. I've seen that before. BBC does that a lot. Oh, BBC does that? Yeah. Why isn't Singapore doing that? It's really too much, eh, the past two years. Yeah. I, know, I thought Instagram does it too. You know, like mm. if it's too violent, yeah. they kind of censor the graphic. Oh, they do. Instagram they do. does that. Okay. And then you have, you, they will tell you and then mm. you have to click in if you want to see it. Yeah. But it's I like realize ST doesn't thing. like. Generally, yeah, mainstream no, media generally doesn't. here it's very bad. Mm. I feel like in the reporting, like every week they are reporting something like that because mm. it clickbait, ma. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, we we are trying to be vigilant on that on UCH. Yes. So in case we ever miss something, like feel free to hit us mm. up and we'll do our best to rectify it, lah. But but yeah, okay. So anyway, so so off this topic, right? Why we're talking about dressing. Mm is because recently was there was that big article that <laughs> went crazy yes. online um, where this pastor, I won't say her name, mm. which I feel quite bad for her at this point, um, wrote, uh, this female youth pastor wrote an article um, calling on girls to, one part of the article, it's just mm. one part, like yeah. calling on girls to dress more conservatively so that they, they don't lead guys into temptation mm. for their sake. Mm. Now, it got a lot of flack for two reasons. Uh, of course, one is the dressing thing itself that it puts the onus on girls to control mm. themselves so that guys can control themselves. Yep. But secondly, because in her intro, yes. she talked about an uh, uh, American yes. evangelist who passed away, but recently everything unraveled where we found out that he was like a pretty serious sexual predator mm. and abuser. Yep. And... um. I don't know why she put that in her intro. She really messed herself up with that one, which then linked mm. sexual assault to women's dressing to to uh to blaming ha- on the to, victim. To blaming the victim. Yes. So it really blew up. I think they got like three thousand comments, comments, majority yeah. of which were, were angry girls. Mm. So it sparked a whole conversation online and in our team. We had extended conversation about it. Um but let me say I do really feel for her and want to say something in her defense is mm. I don't think she intended to victim blame in any way. I think it was just an unfortunate situation where she started the article about an incident that had happened in the Christian yeah. world um, that was fresh in the mm. minds of everybody and went on to write the rest of this article which really had no clear connection to that incident and then it became about victim blaming. Mm. However, I will say, I don't think under any circumstances it should ever be told to a girl or a woman that you need to control yourself in order for guys to control themselves. Whether it's predatory behaviour, whether it's harassment, Mm. or whether it's secret objectification of a woman, I just don't think it's on the woman. I think it's on men Mm. in this situation. Yeah, and I think the second thing I would say is in the era of Me Too, 
I, I think we need to start maybe letting go of old church cultures and teachings because I think the other reason I feel compassionate is I go mm. 20 years ago, I would say I could have easily been the person writing something mm. like this because yeah. you grow up since you are 12, 13, 14 being told this and then you become a leader in church and you are told to teach this mm. and it just becomes a reinforced pattern to teach that girls need to dress a certain way in order not to lead guys into temptation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just think I wish someone had looked out for mm. her a little bit more before yeah. she wrote this, before it got published. Um, because anyone who who's been reading up and up to date on what's been going on, you know that this is just a no-no and not an appropriate time to mm. ever raise it. Ah. Yep, so yes. it sparked a whole conversation in our team as well. Does girls' dressing affect guys? Hmm. Hmm. Right? Because I, I think some of the girls in our team, the guys also were asking, right? Yeah. So is it reasonable to ask everyone, including guys, mm -mm. to dress appropriately so that we don't elicit, create temptation? Like, is, is that something we're supposed to think about? Yeah, like, yeah. they just genuinely, yes, genuinely want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, we have an answer for that. Carries, you want to explain? <laughs> you see, yeah. I think we were saying about how um, lust has nothing to do with, with how a woman, woman is, is dressing. Dressed. Yeah. Yeah. If a guy is pr predatory. Yeah, okay. They... So, maybe we should separate. Oh, right? yes, yes. Like predatory guys, okay. Mm. So if you read the literature and the yep. studies, it's got nothing to do with dressing, pretty or not yep. pretty, revealing everything. or not revealing. Yes. It's, it has everything to do with power. Yeah. And Just they think or they are in a position or they can do they think they, they think can they can do get that. away yeah. with doing that. So yeah. it has nothing to do with the the person themselves. It's mm. just a object of violence, mm. so to speak. Yes. Um, yeah, so so I think that's where I think... Yeah, and I think that's where I was annoyed. If you just read a Me Too article, right, you wouldn't have written something like this. Mm. And the editors of that outlet <laughs> should have, <laughs> have stopped it because it's yeah. just a, like, my God, it's tone deaf and you should have... Just one article will explain everything to you that you should not write something like that. Mm. Yeah, so... so When it comes to the song and harassment, we want to say number one, right, it's got yep. nothing to do with who you are, how you, you dress. Mm. But the second thing we, we brought up was that because the secondary question was like in community, should we be considerate and don't be distracting, I guess yes. was the thing. And oh, whether, what is, whatever gender you are. Yeah, and what is a, is there such a thing called appropriateness? Or? Yeah. So oh, whole there isn't, yeah. Yeah. So I think the bottom line is the first thing we said was mm. last exists in the imagination, mm -mm. right? Yes. And we asked this, so let's verify this with Raymond. Right? Raymond, do you agree? <laughs> Got nothing to do with clothes or not clothes. Yeah, we see. Yeah. Agree, agree. Because, yeah, because Raymond brought out a very clear point, right? He said, like, yeah. you can undress somebody in your imagination while you don't need to yes. have them naked to imagine them naked. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, thank you for being very frank about that. Thank you. Sorry to put <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be, it's all in your imagination. So lust exists in the person who is lusting. Yeah. Not the person who is the object of lust. Yes. But basically, we did make a distinction that lust is also different from distraction, Sean. right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's important. 
Should we bring in a Hebrew a little bit, just for fun? Oh, okay, yes, we can. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, right, I, I learned recently this weekend, I was just looking at the Bible and curious, right, what does the word covered mean? The 10th mm. commandment says, do not cover your neighbor's wife or possessions, right? Um, because now, covers become an almost like neutral positive term. I covered this handbag or this uh, pair of shoes. But in when the English was first translated, covered was a very negative term mm. because it's associated with a Hebrew word that means to last and take possession over. What doesn't belong to you. Yeah, what doesn't belong mm. to you, that you want it, you don't just desire it, you want to own it and control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a there's a way more aggressive, uh, selfish, demanding nature mm. about it. So it's not as simple as attraction. Mm. Like to see a person and feel attracted. Mm. I feel like sex drive, attraction, all these things, and then hormones, is just normal. Mm. But to want to, to own a person, mm. to control a person, to enact violence, to force a person, mm. it, it, it's, that's a whole other thing. Mm. Yeah. To objectify a person in your, in your mind, which is like, what is not yours, you feel like, but you want to, to do something. Yeah. Then I feel like it's different. So the desire to want to do something. To to control uh, and not be mm. respectful, to not be considerate. Because I feel mm-hmm. to be tempted is normal, right? But to want to like... Take action? Like not just oh. take action, but in your head, uh, okay. want to like possess yes, to yes. me is a whole other thing. That, that's the difference between love and lust. Mm. Love is you desire, but you desire respectfully mm. and considerately and with mutuality. Mm. Right? Yes. I think the same thing is like with sex, right? It's supposed to be mutual. It's supposed mm. to be giving and generous and respectful. It's not control mm. and own yep. and do things to the person in order to satisfy yourself only. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to this, right? But so there's a distinction between yes. lasting. When Jesus says, do not last after a woman, he's not just saying like, don't be tempted. He's saying, don't uh, want to own and possess mm. and to have that kind of a power dynamic. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And it's different from being distracted. <laughs> yes, completely different from being distracted. So that's the thing that was bothering you all, is it? Like, what is distraction, is it? Yeah, like, is it okay? Um, because I, th- I think maybe some some of the, some of us will feel uncomfortable when guys are distracted. Distracted by? Where maybe... I don't know, maybe they are looking or they are... <laughs> oh, like... But I think there's a difference between voyeurism and... Yes, yes, there is Voyeurism and distraction, right? Mm. Like, if... Okay, so I gave Chun an example. I was watching Wonder Woman 1984 oh, yes. with, with my friend. And there's a scene where she she wears really gorgeous white, ground, white gown and she walks across the screen. And oh my god, we just went... <gasps> <laughs> she's so pretty and like like wow and then we're distracted why because she's so pretty yeah but it's not it's not the same as voyeurism where you're kind of taking you're disrespecting a person mm. you're using them to satisfy your sexual desire mm-hmm. in an objectifying way you're violating and disrespecting them that's a whole different thing altogether mm. yes so I think I think like you were asking, right, can girls objectify men? Yeah, for sure. Mm-mm. But of course I think it happens slightly less in a very problematic way. 
Because I think generally women are physically most of the time the weaker sex. Mm. So to speak. Yeah. So yeah lah. Distraction. So so where's the level of distraction? We cannot tell. <laughs> it varies with person, right? Yes. Yeah, some people are I'm I'm less uh, I'm like where whatever you want. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I worry is if let's say I see a youth maybe always posting provocative photos, mm. then my question isn't an issue. Is she tempting? That's not my mm-hmm. question. My question is, is there something going on in your life that your self-esteem is very broken mm. that that you will not protect yourself and and live your, like have some like kind of like pride in yourself and protection where like you don't want negative attention. Mm. Yeah, that's more the concern I have. Or even with a guy. If we have boys that post the speak of themselves nonstop, <laughs> I'll be like, why would you think that that's the best way to live your life? Mm-mm-mm. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. yeah. So PC, is it okay? Because we were talking about this, which is, is it okay to, if I land more conservative, mm-hmm. or if anyone land more conservative on their dressing? Mm. And meaning, I personally don't feel comfortable that, that's okay, right? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> then you just dress your way, lor. Mm, okay. Yeah, like, I'm... I'm <laughs> Okay, but we said there are many layers to this, right? Yes. Like, you you could be conservative in your dressing just because you prefer it. Or maybe because you're self-conscious. Mm, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm a little bit self-conscious. So, I don't like to wear anything, like, when I'm preaching, for example, that mm. makes me feel, like, self-conscious. Mm. I want to be able to free to just speak and to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really care. I don't get distracted like when girls in our church wear midriff, for example. I'm like, eh, whatever lah. You wear mm. short shorts as well. I don't really care. I mean, if you're wearing hot pants all the time to the point where everything is hanging out, then I'm like, um, can you maybe tone it down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Not because it's I, I'm like it's a temptation. It's more because you're distracting. <laughs> Like before, like, uh, not appropriate in this scenario in the house of God, maybe. It makes people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, okay. it would be the same thing like worship team, the worship leaders tell them like, yes, dress well, dress mm-hmm. nice, go ahead, express yourself with your dressing, mm. but don't be distracting. Mm. And distracting could be your overdressed, for example. Uh, yeah. So we've had to sometimes tell the young worship leader, uh, maybe take it down a notch. <laughs> Like you're just too much. <laughs> like we're like we're trying to worship, but all we can see is you being overdressed, and it makes you're very self conscious, and then we become very awkward in your presence. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, yeah, don't be overdressed, don't be underdressed. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just appropriate time and place, or. Mm. Yeah, like I have no objection to girls. Where I'm not one of those church leaders that wow we cannot have beach outing. Um, and girls cannot wear, bikini cannot wear, swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just not la. Yeah, but if I feel like a girl is too like, trying to attract attention. It says more of their... Yeah, to me it says more of their self-esteem yeah, than, yeah. Then it is a, a, a problem. Yeah, but you see, I think also it's disproportionately put on girls mm-hmm. that you're a distraction. Mm-hmm. Like, guys yeah. are so distracting uh, when they're trying to show off their muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever been sometimes to Sentosa and some of the guys like strutting around and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't mind. I'm not like distracted but I find your self-consciousness very distracting. Mm. Yes. Yeah, any thoughts? 
Plus, I have a question, which is in our current era, because of social media and culture, right? Mm. People are supposedly more desensitized to how someone else is dressing. So, does that mean that you shouldn't be as easily distracted? Um, Okay, so I'm of two minds about Mm. this, okay? So, the whole full answer would be that there's a good side to being desensitized. (laughs) I don't know that because our generation and younger generations have basically so-called seen or been exposed Mm. to it all, right? Okay, so I like to joke around and tell this story that sometimes like the issue of sex and attraction or, or sex drive can be summed up like how, you know when you go to JC, right? Mm. So I was from an all-girls school and I went to JC. And it was very funny observing friends who came from all-girls or all-boys school. Mm. Like when you're suddenly in a co-ed situation, then you can tell like the ones that came from non-co-ed schools are particularly like nervous and like, <laughs> excited and, and everything else. Yeah, and I always joke like say I was lucky that I wasn't like that because I grew up in church and it was always a co-ed situation. Mm. So it's like, eh, whatever. But you can see the frazzled, right? And not necessarily because, wow, the hormones are raging. Like, <laughs> it, it just is because it's something new and a little bit scary, right? Mm. Yeah, So so I think sometimes sex can be like that if you don't give kids information. Mm. You don't, don't let people find out more on the reality of what it is. Or maybe sometimes in some church contexts, right, sex is seen like this dirty mm. thing or this secret thing yeah. that nobody talks about and only married people talk about behind closed doors. So it becomes this very sensitive thing that is distracting and also jarring mm. when you first encounter it. Yeah. yeah, because it's so secretive. But on the flip side, right, I think the problem with desensitization, I mean, let's say in the context of pornography, mm. this is just well-researched already. It's creating a lot of marriage problems. Even a secular world acknowledges that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. for example, men don't feel aroused by their wife because it's the law of diminishing returns. They mm. need a heightened level of nudity mm. and, and um, sexual activity in order to feel desire. Mm. Yeah, or you put it in the context of boys too, right? Which is, again, the studies show that the problem is when boys look at porn, if nobody's had a conversation with them about it, that it is not real, they think that it's real. Mm. And it starts to affect the way they look at women when it comes to their sexual lives in a very objectifying way because majority of porn is very objectifying. Yeah. And they start to treat women a certain way. Mm. And they start to want certain things and, and create certain patterns in their life that possibly lead to inappropriate behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a double-edged shot. It, there could be positives of it if you can harness it correctly and create the right systems around the culture as it is, uh, society. Mm. But if you keep trying to kind of hang on to the very Puritan culture of not giving people information and putting fear in them about Mm. sex rather than keeping them informed and having mature conversations about the issue is can you be faithful to someone do you know how to love Mm. well and do you know how to desire well and do you know how to manage your your last well which is to me last is about that owning Mm -mm. and that possessing do you know how to manage that well and be aware of it and learn to turn that into character and respect. Mm. So I think that's the real issue. Not, not things like dressing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, just really not things like dressing. Moving on. <laughs> We're going to talk about the next thing, which is uh, birth order. Yeah. Actually, yes. we've gone very long already, but then we'll just go for We're it. We're just going <laughs> to go on. <laughs> okay, so birth order. I think this is interesting. Yes. Does birth order control our personality? Yeah. And is there like, um, for example, like if you're first born, second, and in line, third, do you have like very mm. specific traits because mm. of your birth order? Yeah. You want to tell them about Alfred, what's his name? Elder. Who is the originator of this whole idea of birth, birth order, order theory, right? Yeah, but it's pretty long ago. Yeah, stats. very long ago, guys. And I would say quite outdated. Maybe yeah. just one layer of things. Yes. Yes. So yes. you want to tell them about it? Yeah. So he gave some traits um, or characteristics of like the different birth order, right? So if you are first born, uh, <laughs> you're a natural leader, a high achiever, organized, on time, <laughs> know it all, bossy, responsible, uh, adult, adult pleaser, pleaser, obeys the rule. Uh, secure with their place in the family, expected to be mature, grow up to be inte- intellectual, responsible, and, and conformist. conformist at the same time. Yeah, I'm rela- I'm relating to this a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then the middle child, right? Middle, middle child. child, yes. Uh, you're flexible, easygoing, social, peacemakers, independent, secretive, may feel life is unfair, <laughs> <laughs> strong negotiator, generous. Well, but your middle sis is a strong negotiator, I would say. Yes, I would say that too. But I don't know that she would feel she's like social and peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is not fair because there are three older children here. Raymond, <laughs> me, you. Yes. And then Winnie is youngest, Last, right? Yeah. But Raymond is so easygoing. Yeah, okay. You? So anyway, we'll bring it uh, Yes, he is. Okay, so last child, right? But this is only three child. What are you at four or five? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So, last child is outgoing, creative, self-centered. <laughs> I feel like that's very sweeping. Your little sis is not self-centered at all. Yes. Yeah. In fact, she's probably very peacemaker-y, right? Yes. Uh, financially responsible. Irresponsible. <laughs> oh, irresponsible. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Bored easily. Likes to be pampered. <laughs> Sense of humor. Okay. Then, of course, only child. Yeah, if you're the only child, close to parents, self-control, leader... Uh, nature Nature Dependable Demanding Unforgiving Private Sensitive I'm trying to think of my cousin The only only child I know is my cousin But Maybe Slightly Yeah But but it is slightly outdated like This thing There is mm-hmm. some truth yep. About birth order But I think it has more to do with like Dynamics and pattern yes. Of relationship right The natural thing is Parents always like Hey older child Take care of mm. Everybody And so you grow up More responsible Yes. I think parents are more anal with the first child because mm. they don't know what they're doing. So they're like panicking and mm. a bit more like detailed. Then the second child, they're like give up really. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, they say what? One child is tough and two, two children is a zoo. <laughs> <That's what laughs> like it's not one plus one. It's not double the world. It's like a zoo and that's two. <laughs> okay, but anyway, yeah. So I don't think... I think he's one one layer of stuff. La, mm. And I think it's got more to do with dynamics. Yeah. But I have to admit, right, you know every time we, in church, when they tell the story about the prodigal son, mm. the younger boy and the older uh, son, I always cannot relate to the old, the younger child. I'm <laughs> like, why would I be so irresponsible if I, like, take the inheritance and go away and spend it? I always like, like, the poor older son. 
<laughs> you know, because it's always it's always preached to the younger child, right? Yes. So I always relate to the older son. I'm just like, why why is this so unfair? Like, why does nobody acknowledge that the older son is like settling all the yeah. business? Yeah. So I always have that reaction when when people preach that sermon. Yes. Do you? Uh, I I I think about the older child also. <laughs> you think about the older child? Too? Yeah. I I mean I can relate how he feel about <laughs> about yeah. yeah. Yes. Raymond, how do you feel about it? I I think I stand in the center <laughs> like middle point where I look at both uh, and I give reasoning for both sides. Okay, okay. But do you relate to, relate to this at all? Do you feel birth order affects how responsible you are or how uh I don't don't really think <laughs> so, but I do think about how uh our parents raise us up as we were born into the world like what they do to the first child then what they react to second child to the third child child, that then then it makes a difference ah okay but I think the other thing that plays into it is I find you to be a very easygoing first child partly Mm. is it partly do you feel it's personality and your parents are a bit more like let you be Yeah. yeah yeah But I also don't know whether gender comes into play. Oh, uh, yeah. I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you all hear a very horrible statistic. Mm. Yeah, okay. Okay, but let me qualify this. Yes. Uh, I don't want to give all the oldest daughters a complex, okay? So it's <laughs> not like a straight rule. Yeah. But apparently, so I read this statistic. It's an American survey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And it's in an academic book. So it's not some just normal survey. It's like an academic research thing that... Majority of single people, right, tend to be the likelihood of being single is higher with oldest daughters, first mm. daughters. Yeah. And and I think some of the some of the ideas they they associated with that is because the oldest daughters tend to be more responsible, take mm. care of things more, so they end up being more serious. And if the cultural the cultural uh. tendency is for guys to rank they want to marry girls who are fun, quite high on their list, a lot of guys. Mm. So so it becomes that the oldest daughter generally um, collects traits and patterns that don't make it as easy for them to get attached. Mm. Yeah. Like and they will also consider more before they 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 get together with somebody because they will think of the family and their responsibilities mm. to other people versus just I want to be in this relationship. Mm. Yeah, which I agree. I kind mm-hmm. of relate to that. I feel like yeah, that's pretty much how I would, I would envision things. Mm. Yeah, and of course, if according to Alfred, what's his name again? Elder. Elder. <laughs> that we are more bossy, <laughs> <laughs> organized, <laughs> responsible, adult, pleasing, obey the rules. <laughs> yeah, then then yeah, law and conformist. Yeah. It doesn't make us the most fun people. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yes, okay. So only youngest child in the room. What do you think of all this? Huh, I I don't I think that <laughs> birth order like is one it's just one of the factors that yeah. affects the decision making and all that. Because I come from like a family that my brother is like seven years older. So like I find I find that yes, like he's um high achiever <laughs> um, responsible but then I think 
I think that gender plays had had a lot of part to play where in in how I was brought up and how he was brought up. Mm. Like how he how how my parents allow him to like do a lot of more things. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then I for agree. me they are like more controlling in a way. So like I feel like gender has a part to play, um age gap. Mm. That seems to, to be play. quite common across cultures eh? mm. that boys are allowed to kind of ru- run rough mm, mm. but mm. girls need to be protected because and not just because it's sexist I think just the view of we are more vulnerable physically mm. maybe is the is the idea yeah unless it's extremely patriarchal la. then you go to a really really patriarchal country then it's about like it, it comes down to things like protecting the girl's purity and, mm. and virginity and yeah 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 I don't know how strong that would be in Singapore. Oh, I don't know eh. But definitely still, I think in Singapore, guys can get away with sleeping around before mm. marriage more than girls. Girls will get a lot of judgment for mm. it. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. That will definitely be a factor. And then I think another factor is, for example, in our leadership team, I've noticed, right, that we have a mix of all whatever birth order, but a lot of our leaders end up being the default oldest child in the uh, family a lot of times. Um, like I would say the youngest, the the people who are the youngest child in our team are a bit more easygoing. I find them a bit more like chill and it's relaxed. <laughs> yeah, more fun. And they're not so perfectionist. I find the oldest uh, children in our team are, are way more perfectionist and we're way more responsible. We're way more serious <laughs> when it comes to like getting things done. We're like, oh, we're right now. Yeah, but we have a lot of like youngest children. They are the default oldest child. But a couple of reasons. Mm. One is, I think if they're the girl, sometimes it can happen. I think if the older sibling's personality is a bit more passive, mm. that's a factor. I also think if the older siblings have a lot of like personal problems, uh. then because they are all leaders in church, they naturally step into the mm. void at home to take care of the parents and take care of the family issues and take care of the finances. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot. I think it's a leadership thing. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That causes them to assume that role. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is not a fair conversation. Drag your sisters. <laughs> 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 but I think I'm uh, dragging and y'all might get into a fight. On oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but one thing interesting is that they, they did say that... Um, birth order does not influence like um I mean like the personality trait. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But the, the five uh, the five thing, personality right? traits which is extroversion, emotional stability, yeah, introversion, then agreeableness, conscientiousness and openness to experience. So it does not affect if you have a certain personality, you will be that. Doesn't matter it's your It's interesting that it's those five though. I wanna do a podcast on that one day. Mm-hmm. Extroversion, introversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness. Emotional stability. So it's shown agreeable people have better marriages. Because adaptability? Yeah, they're more mm. adaptable and they don't like they don't like meow over things so much. Or like, I want it my way. Yeah. Okay. Conscientious is actually about detail orientation, right? It's not consideration. It's yes, like con- meowness. Yes, yeah. yeah. Apparently, a lot of CEOs have conscientiousness. Mm. Like they are detail oriented and they tend to micromanage. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Then yes. what's the fourth, maybe? Uh, openness to experience. Wow. Mm. Interesting. So that's yeah. what I do with what cognitive dissonance. 
I guess so. Like how open you are to new ideas and mm, the world. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. but then they did say that uh, so it doesn't affect personality trait, but birth order does slightly influence intelligence. <laughs> hey, 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 but qualify uh, by one, one IQ to two. point. One to two. IQ Remember, points. IQ is what? Upon 200, somewhere there, right? Is it 180 or something? So if you're if you're above average, you're 160. If you're like Mensa, uh, you're like 180, 190 oh, yeah, or something uh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, or yeah. even more. I wonder what Jing Xiang's IQ is. Okay, sorry. Those of you listening, Jing Xiang, Jing Xiang, Jing Xiang, is our resident math genius who has a very high IQ. Yeah, but one percentage point. Yeah, is so. it even even a is it even a <laughs> quantifiable like difference? <laughs> nope. No right. Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else? Yeah, that's about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Hit us up about whether you are upset. Over India plagiarizing yes. our economy Singapore. <laughs> Hit us up on whether dressing. Dressing. Yes. You feel guys or girls should dress properly and mm. you find it distracting or not distracting or tempting yeah. or not tempting. <laughs> and then hit us up about birth order. Yes, tell us. Yes. Let's start a fight on Instagram between the oldest children and <laughs> Okay, and then that's it for today's yes. random, random, random episode. Yay. Which is what, one hour long? About there? About there. Wow, man. Let's break a record. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. This is Uncommon Humanity by The Evolution. If you enjoyed this podcast, do us a solid by leaving us a review and sharing this with some friends. And if you really, really loved our content, become a fan or supporter by giving through theevolution.org or by emailing us at uch at theevolution.org for more info.